He's the executive producer of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and our guy Rob Parker. And he also hosts and produces. I mean, he technically produces, but he's basically like Jason McIntyre's co-host on the Straight Fire Pod with Jason McIntyre. It's episode 33 of Blindside Sports with me today. Robert Guerra, also known as Rob G, as most people know him, at the producer RG on Twitter. Um, he definitely has some hot takes here and has a cool story. So, Rob, welcome to the show. What's up? How are you doing, man? What's up, brother? The blind Seahawks fan in the flesh. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> Good, man. Thanks Thanks for coming on here. My name's Emmett Douglas. Get me on Twitter at EmmettNosy04. Now, I have to ask you, before we hop into the Lakers or, you know, the teams you know a lot about, what is your favorite Rob Parker drop in the system right now? Oh, my gosh. There's so many to choose from. You know what? The one that that is my favorite only because it was not one where usually Rob kind of telegraphs when you know he's going to say something ridiculous. But uh, we have one in the system where he says, Aaron Rodgers has some beautiful balls. And, <laughs> and it's just one that we don't use very often because we like to save it for like special occasions. But that that's the one that's my favorite. Yeah, I, I like that one too. And, you know, another one that I, I like is uh, uh, I'm a little moist right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, one, exactly. the one that he just got like a month and a half ago uh, when he was in New York. I have a glizzy in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Well, you and know, he, did, is, he didn't know what it meant. No, he had no idea. He had no idea. He was in, in New York for like a week and people were making fun of him and all his glizzies and his Instagram <laughs> photos. And he had no idea. But the, the one about um, I'm a little moist right now. My favorite of that one is actually the Jonas impersonation of Rob Parker. Oh, I do. I love little Jonas. Right now. Jonas is the best, man. I, I yeah. told him, yeah, I've been telling him for years, you know, before he got the morning show, I said, look, man, whenever I become a program director and I'm running my own station, you're the franchise. I'm, I'm bringing you with me. It's like, let's do yeah. it. And then now, now he's a big morning show. Host, so I don't think it's going to be possible anymore. I think the price is, is too high. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's tough because I, I love that he's like promoted on two pros on a cup of Joe, but having him and Rob Parker was just some of the best radio you could <laughs> ever have for like they, it, you know, when it would be like, Oh, it's Jonas today. And the show would go off the rails in like two seconds. <laughs> so oh, yeah, the odd, the odd couple side piece, man. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of, you know, crazy and stuff like that obviously chris and rob they're the odd couple for a reason they have crazy takes and they're they're way different has there ever been a time where one of the guys has such a bad take to you where you're just like have your hand on that mic like try not to you know come on because you know it's their segment what's the closest you've been in the worst take that you've (laughs) had on the odd couple (laughs) oh man you know what i'll say this and you can ask the guys too. I've told them, I've told Chris, I've told Rob, I've told Alex, anybody who's worked on the show. I honestly do not care what their takes are. Like I, I it does not, whatever they believe. Cause I know that they actually believe what they're saying. Oh yeah. You know? And so that, that's why for me to, to say you're wrong or you're, it's a terrible take. Like, who am I to say? That's not my opinion. That's their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's many that I disagree with a lot, but, I've always said, I don't care what your take is as long as you can defend. Yeah. So if, if Rob's going to say that, you know, 10 other quarterbacks could have won that Super Bowl that Matthew Stafford won, then you better have 10 other quarterbacks that you can list and make a case for it. 
or you know if if uh chris is gonna say something you know defending lebron because i know he's the big lebron guy and even though i'm I'm kind of i've been going back and forth on that for a while but whatever you say you better be able to defend it that's pretty much my whole thing and so the only times i ever get frustrated is if one of them has a take and you know, because in the in the heat of the argument, some things get brought up that you maybe you didn't think about when you came up with the take. And if you can't really defend it at that point, that's when somebody get frustrated. But as far as what their takes are, they can say whatever they want. Yeah, it's funny too. A uh, couple weeks ago, and I, I I have no idea if this is this was a bit or not, or what what, what happened with this. But it was oh, I, I don't remember what it was about. But it was Aaron Rodgers got brought up, and Rob Parker rage quit. During the right before the break, <laughs> he's like Chris, like Rob, Rob left the Zoom meeting. Rob, Jay, what what happened? Yeah, <laughs> and then he was. In, yeah. I think that, and it's not even the part that he rage quit for me. The best part is he's so he's back to normal, right? When like the colors come on, or you know, you know, you have a guest. He's just like, oh, you're on the odd couple. What's up? I'm like, you you just like said Chris Broussard's nothing like five minutes ago, and now you're now you're back in here now. Enough odd couple talk talk for now that might come up later. Now, what the Lakers have been in a struggle. Um, and I, I said I said it on the show. If you, I, there's so many colors, I doubt you remember this, but I said there will be chemistry issues with Westbrook. And for you, I, I, I think it's a mix. There's a lot of people to blame on this Lakers team. But right. for you, who do you think are the people to blame? Is it LeBron, Westbrook, Polinka? Vogel, because I know uh, Bo Benson, our guy, oh, our yeah. producer, he is, man, he is ripping Vogel to pieces on Twitter. And it, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I hope he, Bo hears this podcast because I've been trying to get on his swing shift podcast for like three oh, you, years. You and, know what's and, funny? And he keeps so, telling me no because he knows I don't like baseball, but I was like, I got a hot take. Don't just let me get on. He never lets me on. So you know what's funny about uh, Bo Benson and even you? I, I had VJ on a while, like five right. days ago, and we were talking about Laker apologists. And then I was talking about the mood of Lakers fans on Twitter, and I called out you and Bo like three times. I'll be real. So okay. I, 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 Bo I'm might be a little mad me. if he, Bo might be a little mad if he saw it. So, all right, I'll let him. Yeah. I'll make sure he, he seeks it out. Um, I'll, I'll send it to him. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as far as the Lakers, I'm one of the few who doesn't really blame Westbrook that much. Just because mm-hmm. he he is who he's always been, like he's not. He got doing put in any... that situation too. Yeah, not... exactly. Cause... He's been he he's been doing what he's done this season pretty much his whole career. So mm-hmm. if you got him expecting something different, then that's your fault. You know, like he is who he is. Um, my my the per... there's a lot of blame to go around. The the person if I had to you know rank them in order, the person at the top to me would be LeBron, mm-hmm. because he is the one who you know, pulls the strings. He's the one who every move that they make is ran by him. Not saying he has final say, but he has a lot of input. Um, you know, I've talked to, you know, it's been well reported by now, but I've talked to people before where the, the Buddy Heel deal was done and oh, LeBron, LeBron came in and, and decided, no, we need another star to take the load off of me because I don't want to be, you know, being used as much as I have been. I'm getting kind of old. So he wanted Westbrook. And then, you know, the, the, the problem with LeBron is that when things are going great or going well, like he's fantastic. He's gregarious. You know, he's locked in defensively. He's very focused. He's, he's kind of like a sore loser. That's kind of what yeah, he is. And, and when and when things go wrong, like his body language, especially in L.A., I don't I didn't watch every game in Cleveland, but 
and that like he just will just check oh, out that Clippers game, man. Holy crap! Yeah, like he he does it. You know, it's so easy for him because and and the problem is that unless you watch every single Laker game or unless or unless you're um you know a, a, like a diehard Laker fan who's tuned into every game, like it, it, on the national level, it's impossible. You can't watch every game. You can't listen to every game. It's just there's too much to go on. You got to follow. Kevin Durant, you got to follow Giannis, you got to follow Steph. So it's just, it's John not, it's not possible. Now. Yeah. Exactly. John Moran, you, you can't, you can't actually follow every game, but if you're following like the way Laker fans do, like you, you see, you can observe it pretty easily that even though he's getting these, these stats, cause he, he just collects stats like nobody's business, mm-hmm. you know, he's not impactful. He's not doing anything that's making you feel like he has his fingerprints on the game. It's just, Oh, LeBron scored again, and then he gave up a three, and then he got a rebound, and he scored again, but then he got you know screened away, and then a guy scores right behind him, and it's like he he's not locked in the way he needs to be. And if you're the best player, and if you're the leader of the team, which he is, you especially you without gotta, AD too, exactly. Yeah. Like you you get he gets all the credit when things go well, and that's fine. But you also got to accept responsibility when things don't go well, and I don't think he's done a good job of that this season. Yeah, I, I'm with you too, and I do think it is LeBron. And uh, I, I will say this: I said this on other shows, and it's there's a. Do I think the Lakers should try and you know figure something out? Okay, maybe, but there's a difference between should and are gonna. The Lakers, right. I, I I'm not buying into that. You know, people saying that the Lakers are going to trade LeBron James this season. I I don't think that's happening in the offseason. If anything, he's going to not sign his extension, and then in 2023, in that offseason, he's going to go to a team that will get Bronny so he can play with Bronny. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. Because right. he, look, you, you said it. When LeBron James wants something, he wants something, and it's hard to you know put his mind to anything else. He doesn't accept that. And uh, about Westbrook, too, is I, I said this on the show. I said this on my show, Twitter. I said that you need another shooter behind LeBron and AD. Westbrook, I, what Westbrook does sometimes is impressive, but he can't shoot. You could go right. after, you know, I'm a Blazers guy, and I, I, I would have been McCollum. That could have been interesting. Buddy Heald would have been great. There's so many other Bradley Beal, but now now he's happy, apparently, which is interesting. Nah, it's all right. We're going to get your guy, Dame Willard. It's okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, I know me and you on Twitter would go back and forth on this, but now after right. after the uh, – the, uh, what's that guy? <laughs> I'm blanking out his name. The trade from like three weeks ago, that was horrible. Uh, when they uh, trade, well, they did the McCollum trade, and they got before uh, the McCollum. Covington, Covington, Norman Powell trade. Norman Powell, Norm, yeah. that guy, yeah. I, I feel I'm starting to lose hope for them, man. I'm very slowly. <laughs> I, I'm starting to be that guy that thinks either they're my two things are okay. We're just building around Damian, or Damian's just gonna be like, I've had enough. But you said it on Straight Fire. Is Damian is a loyal guy, and that's bad for him. So like, I wouldn't be shocked if he did stay for yeah, you know, a long time and. You know that press that one press conference he did a while ago, before, way before the CJ trade. He he seemed like he loved Portland, but about the Westbrook trade, Rob, I just think he kind of was kind of set up to be put in this bad position, like yes. you know, get put up with LeBron. And I do I think West I Westbrook man that guy just bounces around. I if anything, I won't be shocked if he was like, I've had enough of this. Get me out of LA at the off season because LeBron and AD are going to be there for at least another year. AD probably longer. And the thing is, too, with the Westbrook trade and the LeBron in the AD, 
all that is they have so much money locked into those three guys. It's going to be hard to find someone else. Like you can get like these, you know, guys who are all right that shooting, but you're not going to be able to get like a decent player, like a Buddy Heald or like a right. Well, like they they, here, they got so desperate they signed DJ Augustine. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, the the thing that they have working in their favor um, this summer that they didn't have at the trade deadline, which is why I think it was smart they didn't trade him at the trade deadline, because you weren't going to get anything of value. You would have had to no attach a pick just to get John Wall. Who's to say John Wall would even be an upgrade? I, I, this, I people are like Lakers would be winning with John Wall. I'm not buying that, man. No, no. Um, but you know he is an expiring contract, so. If there is a team that is, you know, apprehensive towards going to the luxury tax or they have a lot of uh, long term salaries that maybe don't line up with the rest of their roster, then then you can find yourself making it. I'm not not saying this would happen, but like hypothetically, Indiana has always been uh, unwilling to try to avoid paying the luxury tax as much as possible. Um, They have their backcourt of the future now with Halliburton and Chris Duarte. So they don't really need Brogdon, Heald, who like those two guys specifically. Yeah. So if they if they re- and they're both locked up for like three or four more years, each of them. So if they wanted to, they could say, "Hey, we'll take Westbrook's expiring contract. We'll take two unprotected first round picks, um, and you take these contracts off our hands." And then I'm not saying Westbrook would actually play for them, but they would just have his expiring contract which they could then send to somebody else or like the Knicks, the Knicks are always star hunting. They could use a $47 million expiring contract so that in the following year, they can go after somebody else or whatever. I actually think Russ in New York wouldn't be that bad. Cause like you have like other guys around like RJ and like you people in uh, Obi Toppins, Julius Randall. Like I, I think Russ in New York would, if he, if we're talking about where he would play besides the Lakers, that would be an interesting fit. Uh, Rob yeah I mean I, the thing is like I know that he there's this narrative because you know social media especially will kill Russell Westbrook but oh you know he's so not a, he, he's not a terrible player is the problem he just can't shoot but like yeah. it, it like and I think um I think about it was a Reggie Miller on uh the Clippers game broadcast there he, he says look Westbrook's averaging like 19 8 and 8 yeah or something like that and it's and you know obviously he's not a good shooter but there's a lot of guys who in their dreams could not get you 19, eight and eight. Oh yeah. And, and it's like, and it's like, he's a terrible fit with LeBron. He's a terrible fit on this roster because of, you know, THC needs the ball, AD needs the ball, Ronnie ball. He's not a good fit with the Lakers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can't help. And also ran team like he did in Washington get to the playoffs, because if he's your focal point and you surround him with shooters and defenders, you can win with that formula. It's like a, a junior varsity version of what LeBron can do. So, you know, I think that there could be a situation this off season where maybe whoever the Lakers trade him to doesn't keep him. And then they trade him to somebody else or they buy him out. And then you see him getting back to the Westbrook of old where he's putting up his numbers. He's not elite, but at least it's a better situation than what he's got with the Lakers. Yeah, and you know, you bring up Washington last season, and that—that's I think the whole the craziest part about this whole situation too is Russ was he was going crazy last season, and now he's still like nineteen eight and eight is good, but he's just been drowned out with all this LeBron talk and how bad the Lakers are. Now enough Lakers, Rob G. Uh, Rob Guerra <laughs> at the producer RG joining us. Uh, that's his Twitter handle, by the way. 
a big NBA guy. So I got to ask you. Good reset, you, by the way. Who, As a producer, you, I noticed that reset you did. That was good. Yeah, that, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I have to ask you, though, because you, man, I, I say this all the time when uh, either Chris or Rob is out. You could host the odd couple and hold your own and, you know, be up to the guy's level. So you know your stuff. And uh, NBA right. and NFL wise, I'm going to ask you a question about NFL. I couldn't get to in my last show, but okay. NBA, who do you think is coming out of the West, the East and West this season? It is to me, I, there's a couple teams. I wouldn't be shocked, but who do you have? Well, it, the problem is the injuries. Like yep. before the Chris Paul injury, I thought Phoenix was the best team by far. Yep. And, and it's not just that they were good. It's that they were locked in, in a way that, you know, you don't see very often. And, and the team I compared them to was the 2009 Lakers when they beat the Magic in the finals. When they got blasted by Boston in, in the championship round uh, the year before, they came back the next season and you could tell that they were just, they had a different level of focus than they had the year before. Like they had a one-track mind. It's similar to happened with the Spurs when they lost uh, to the Heat and they came back the next year and, and smacked them in the finals. And so I saw a lot of that in Phoenix, the way they were playing, the way they didn't take possessions off, the way that they, they had a certain level of intensity throughout each game that they played. And that's why they had those crazy win streaks. But Chris Paul is so important to everything that they do. He's not their best player, but he might be the most important player. And if he is not healthy, then that changes everything. Um, I'm assuming, though, that when we get to the playoffs, he'll be back. And, and if you know, if they he said six miss, to eight weeks. Right. So that would be right around when the playoffs start yep. or the first round. So I'm assuming whoever they get in the first round, even if Chris Paul's 100 percent, they'll be able to win. And, and, and assuming he's healthy, I think that I like Phoenix um, in the East. That's tough. Uh, you know, I think I would lean right now. With. Milwaukee or Chicago yeah man how about DeMar, DeMar DeRozan's been going on a tear as of late like no one expected DeMar DeRozan to be putting up what he's been doing out here in Chicago when he went to Chicago in the summer uh, that it it's cool to see that that Bulls team is finally getting some success yeah yeah and and the thing is that they're not healthy either and no. they're still treading water and I think that's the mark of a really good team is when you don't have your pieces when you don't have your best available can you still win games? Can you still survive? And, and they're able to do that. And the, the thing is that what we saw during this stretch, you know, with Caruso out and Lonzo out and, and Levine was out for a long period of time is that DeRozan was capable of carrying the load. And so I think that's only going to make them sharper when they get to the playoffs. Um, because, you know, with, with Brooklyn on talent, they should be good, but the problem is we don't know when Ben Simmons is going to play. We don't yeah, know that's, if that, that's the whole thing. Yeah, we don't know if the if the vaccine mandate is going to be lifted in time for Kyrie to be a full-time player, so we can't count on them. Um, and with Philly, I know everyone's very excited about them because how look, they looked in the last three games. The problem, and I, I said this on the Straight Fire podcast, is in order for Harden and Embiid in a playoff setting, because the playoffs are totally different than, than the regular season. Like it's, a, it's almost a, a different sport. Is they both need the ball in certain areas of the floor to be their best version of themselves. Yeah. And the problem is with James Harden, I know he's looking great now is 
he hasn't shown throughout playoff his career. Harden. Yeah, well, playoff Harden is, is a struggle in itself. Yeah, but he hasn't shown during his career so far in like ten plus years when he does not have the ball, what is he doing? Because he yeah. likes to float around like three, four feet past the three point line. He doesn't cut. He doesn't screen. He doesn't do anything away from the ball. So in the playoffs, when everything slowed down, you might run a, a Embiid, Harden pick and roll, but you know Embiid's not a high flyer to go get to get the ball and dunk the way like Capella was in, in Houston, or or even like a Nick Claxton was in 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 Brooklyn. Like he would rather pick and pop or get it on the short roll and then go into the post. And when you get into the playoffs and teams can scheme against you and, and take away certain things, you know, what, what, how are you going to adjust? It's going to be a lot of your turn, my turn, and they're both great players. But the problem is, is in order for them to get to where they want to go, they both have to be great at the same time. And I just don't know if they can do it right now as constructed. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I think, the trade could work out for the Sixers where they advance far, but there has to be a lot of levels. And, you know, who knows what uh, Tyrese Maxey is going to do in the playoffs, who's important in that Sixers. Oh, he's season. been awesome. He's Man, been awesome for them. Yeah. And uh, playoff Harden is very he, – he, he just he's a completely different Harden in the playoffs sometimes. And obviously you said it in the playoffs you can't have that. You need Harden, Embiid, and even Maxey to be on their A game. And I, I would say it, it, we could have a – I wouldn't be shocked. Rob, if we had a repeat of finals yes. of of the Bucks if, and the Suns, I wouldn't if, be shocked if that happened. If I had to, if I had to bet money on it, that's what I would bet on. It would be Milwaukee and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, you know. And if the Sixers can go, man, that would be awesome. But I out of the out of the West, I think it's the Suns who are going to make it. Uh, Warriors could, but they've been collapsing as of late. Uh, well, the, the Draymond, Jets. the Draymond thing is is the biggest issue because they need you know, Draymond. Yeah. yeah, he's he, he's super important to what they do. And the, and the thing with back injuries is it's not like an ankle or a wrist or a shoulder where it's like you can kind of gut through it. You'll be hobbled. It's like, over time. Yeah. Yeah. It's is. like a, a back. A back affects everything. Like and, and they need him to be at his best for them to be, you know, a good team. Like you've seen with him out. They're not even a good team. They're like a mediocre team without it. So mm-hmm. he's very important. Yeah, I agree there. Draymond's important. Something cool with the Warriors, Rob, too, is they always, for scoring, I mean, Draymond Green's like that defense and that they're kind of ball mover guy. But for scoring, they always find a guy. Like February, Jonathan Kaminga had a good month. I believe he was averaging 15 in February. Now you got like Curry averaging 25, Poole 16, Thompson 17, Wiggins 17. Like the, they can just, they have that offense. It's just you need Draymond Green to facilitate and play his lockdown Draymond Green defense. Exactly. Exactly. Now, why don't we shift over to the NFL? This is Blindside Sports. Rob G, also known as Rob Guerra, if you're if you're a technical, is joining us at the producer RG on Twitter. Now, I have no idea if you know the answer to this question, but I, I'm curious because this is a hard one. But obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and Tom Brady have parted ways. Tom Brady retired. Who do you think will be at quarterback next year, uh, week one for the Buccaneers? <laughs> Um, you're you're the hot take guy, so you're the perfect guy to ask. It's it's not Tom Brady, that's for sure. Uh, (laughs) Wow, dude! Imagine if Tom Brady came back, how how mad Rob Parker would be. He's not gonna, but just for like Rob Parker and the odd couple, Tom Brady would 
that, that Rob Parker yeah. would probably have a stroke out of angry, but like, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I hate Tom Brady almost as much as Rob Barker does, but the thing is I'm not on the air every day. So you don't know about it. Like I, I, you know, I'm a Raider fan. I, so I, I, know, I know you hate Brady and yeah, like the t- I, the I, I hate, I hate him too, then, I hate Tom but Brady. I can admit he's good. Yeah, well, I can admit he. I can admit he's good too. I I can also point out that you know he. There are some likes, things that happened during his career. Yeah, yeah, he he gets a lot of credit in situations where he doesn't necessarily deserve it, and that's what frustrates me is because he's done so much good in his career and had so many big moments and, and clutch moments that you don't need to go out of your way to like make up things to like oh yeah look at the way he beat Aaron Rodgers in the championship game two years ago it's like hey, he threw mm-hmm. three picks in the second half he sucked like. But because his team won, it's like, oh, Tom Brady leave the Bucks. And it's like, no, he didn't. The defense you know, led. <laughs> you know, the Bucks. There's there's been a couple Super Bowls that come to my mind that uh, the 2018 one, the Patriots versus the Rams. If they had a different opponent, he he wasn't very good, and I they, they easily could have lost that game. The uh, Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl, they should have lost that. The Falcons right. Super Bowl, the Falcons collapse, and that's an Tom Brady. He I'll give him that. He can come when he comes back and he gets on a tear. It's scary, man. But yeah. there's been so many like close calls in his career to where I think if he lost one or two more Super Bowls, or even especially if he lost that Falcon Super Bowl as bad as he like, if it was actually that bad, mm-hmm. I wonder if his legacy would be different, man. Like I, I really, you have to wonder. Like he's great, uh, but there'd be a lot more pushback of is Tom Brady the goat? Well, he'd he'd probably get a lot of LeBron James treatment. Yep. You know where it's like. Uh, yeah, you made it to 10 Super Bowls, but you only won four. You know what like Rob that. Parker would say. <laughs> yeah, call him, call him the low. Uh, He's well, the low, to, Chris. <laughs> going back to your question, you know what? I think it's going to be – I I think it's going to be um, like Jimmy Garoppolo in Tampa. Yeah. I, I think that um, – I don't think Kyle Trask is ready. I don't think that they're going to be in a position no. to draft anybody who's going to be that great. And – you know, what we had thought coming into this offseason was it's going to be this crazy carousel of quarterbacks, you know, all changing teams with Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson and, and, you know, Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr, whoever. And it's looking more and more likely that most of them are going to stay. Yeah. And this, so this, I think. I, oh, can I put something out with the quarterbacks, sure. Rob, before you. Now, this has happened the past couple seasons in a row, and a lot of it, too, is the media. Just we, we, we jump on any little story that we can get our hands on for good radio or good podcasting or good tweeting on Twitter. And yeah, a lot of these are in last year, we were all suckers. But, you know, this year, I uh, the only like I didn't really expect too many of them to be gone. I was like, OK, a lot of these were overreactions last year. And a lot in the, the weirdest part about all this, Rob, is a lot of these quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson. You mentioned him are giving some of the weirdest vibes. Yeah, he's Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I had a whole rant on him with VJ. I'll, I'll post a clip after the show. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's one of the hardest guys to read in the NFL. Like I, because like there's so much hints that he's like, okay, this guy's fed up. But then he's like, we're fine for now. It's like, dude, come on, just say you don't like the Seahawks. Like it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been you, prepared for this. You you rather you know I'll say this even now as a Laker fan. With LeBron James, you'd rather them just be honest and say what they think or what they don't think versus like passive aggressive, veiled shots, you know, scrubbing my Twitter account, scrubbing my Instagram. It's just like, dude, if you want out, just say you want out. 
You're like, yep. you know, you've, you've earned enough goodwill in the city. You want a Super Bowl. I don't think you're going to get killed and be the bad guy if you decide, hey, it's not working for me anymore. Yeah. And the weirdest part about Russell's thing, too, is he did have, like, the Seahawks in his bio. But uh, during the show with VJ, I was on Twitter, and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to search his tweet. So I just typed in the word Seahawks. Nothing really recent. But he didn't go as far back as, like, 2019 and 20 and stuff like that. Like, there's still some old tweets, but all the new the, the newer stuff is just, it, yeah, it's nowhere to be found. Right, yeah. Mr. Unlimited is focused on other things right now. Yeah, as a, our guy Ty Shirt would play the Mr. Unlimited. 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 <laughs> God, yeah. But, but, yeah, I do think it's going to be Jimmy G at quarterback. And uh, I think you were uh, on vacation or uh, working Dan Patrick when this story broke. But they were like, Rob and Chris were like, Trey Lance is not ready. And I'm like, look. If the, the Trey Lance doesn't need to be all like the difference is like with a lot of teams is that Niners team is so well set up with that defense with Debo Samuel with George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell when he's healthy. Like that team is stacked. And I and it's just like how do you yeah, he may look he may not look ready, but you gotta give him a shot. When you've traded up nine picks, Rob G, you trade up nine picks, moved your assets for a guy, a quarterback especially, and you're not trying to play him. I just I just can't buy it. Like I, I think Jimmy G would be probably would go to uh, Tampa Bay. And now there's also rumors too, that the Niners don't like the offers they're getting for Jimmy G. So it's definitely gonna be interesting, but I, I, I do think in a couple months, you know, if when the Bucks realize, Hey, we're, we, we can't get anyone else. Like Carson Wentz on the Bucks would be horrible. We can't get anybody else. <laughs> we, we might be willing to throw a first or a second for Jimmy G because he, the Bucks like, they are kind of, you know, they're losing a couple guys, but they're still a pretty solid team. And Jimmy G, I mean, he can take a team to the playoffs, but my criticism criticism on Jimmy G is in the playoffs, he, he's lucky to win the Cowboys game. And if Aaron Rodgers played any better and they didn't have that special teams collapse against the Packers, right. there could have been different results. And I know, I know it's a bunch of what ifs, but you just have to point it out. Jimmy G got kind of lucky this season. In the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, when you get to the postseason, in, in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, it's going to be, can your quarterback outdo my quarterback? Because there's not a lot of times where you get a, a Niners defense, like was it two or three years ago, mm-hmm. where you have to throw it eight times because we can run it down your throat. Like that's not usually what happens. There's going to be moments, there's going to be quarters, there's going to be halves where their guy goes on a run and he puts up 10 points quickly, or he goes six for six on a drive with a touchdown. Can you match it? And the thing with Jimmy G is that he hasn't really shown that he's capable of doing that, you know, on a consistent basis. He can do flashes every once in a while, but in in most cases they win because he's along for the ride, not because he did something or was the reason that they ended up winning. And that's what you saw even against the Rams, because the Rams weren't playing good most of that game in the championship, in this championship. And Stafford got hot there in the fourth quarter, and Jimmy G could not do anything to counter to, to go back at it. So, you know, <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one completely. Like Jimmy G just he he he's like I said earlier, he's just lucky to even made it to the NFC championship. Like Aaron Ro- not Aaron Rodgers, but especially that Packers collapse with the help of Aaron Rodgers, like he could have had a better game was right. just the reason they lost. Now, a couple more questions here, Rob, uh, Rob G joining us at the producer RG on Twitter. Now, 
uh, if you guys don't listen to the odd couple, the engineer, the resident DJ, the the resident vegan at Fox Sports Radio, Alex Tyshirt, he uh, you may think this guy works in sports. He likes he you know he likes sports, but he doesn't. And he does not. I have to ask you now behind the scenes. Obviously, he's like to come the air with a hot take. Has Alex ever had a hot take on something uh, sports related that you're like, even though he doesn't like it, he just heard so much from the guys. He's able to his brain kind of came up with something. You're like, wow. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Yes, because, you know, Alex does not like sports. That's not a secret. But if he were to like a team, I guess technically he likes the Steelers. Yeah, not that's so what much, he told me on Twitter. Yeah, not so much that he knows, like, what their schedule is or how they play and blah, blah, blah. But he knows, like, the players' names. Like, he knew Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben. Like, he knew the killer bees. He's like, I don't, he's like, he didn't know when they played. Isn't his mom he, a Patriots fan too? Or she's something a Tom like Brady's that? fan. She's a Tom, Tom Brady. Fan. Uh, she, yeah. He says she's a bigger sports fan than he is. So wow. like, he'll, he'll be like, Oh, I don't know who the Steelers are playing, but big Ben's going to get it done. Like that's the kind of fan he is quote unquote. Right. So he, we, we do uh before every season, we do our Fox sports radio, we have a little sheet and we all write down, you know, who was going to win each uh, conference, Super Bowl MVP, who's going to be the worst team, blah, blah, blah. And Alex, because he doesn't really know a lot of teams, doesn't really know a lot of players, he wrote the Steelers were going to win a championship, the Super Bowl, <laughs> and that Big Ben was going to win MVP. God, if that was a if that if that one came <laughs> true, if that guy if if that hot take ever came into man, that would be the craziest. Like yeah. that'll be like Rob G level, like stuff you tweet on Twitter and then it comes true like later. Like that would be insane. Yeah, and so. Um, He's done that, I think, each of the last two years. So last he was close. Year, he was close last yeah, year. Yeah. When they were like <laughs> seven and one, right? And he's like, see, I told you. And it's like, what the heck? Your team's terrible. Dude, just and, then, and, by. Then, and I bet I bet that this is a time where you know Rob Parker had that take when they were like eleven and oh or whatever. He's like, yeah. The Steelers are the worst eleven and oh team in NFL history, Chris Boussard. Yeah. Yeah, I bet yes, Alex exactly. was like, no. But yeah, yeah, he's like, look at the record. Look at the record. He doesn't, he doesn't look watch at, look, the games. Look at Big Ben's stats, man. Look at look at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I just have to know. Like, I, I don't know if you can answer this, and if I get Alex on one of these days, what does he okay. do? Like, all the studios, like, do you guys have sports? Like, does he like? Is he on like TikTok the whole time? Like, how does he not watch the TVs and absorb something? Like, well, you like, know the 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 thing is the way our studio is set up. You know, he sits in front of me, but we're both facing the same direction. And right above his head, there's four TVs that are in the studio. And then right in front of him, there's another TV right at his eye level. So unless he leans all the way back and looks up, he's not watching the TVs that have all the games on. Uh, um, the, the TV that's right in front of him, he'll sometimes watch, but not really. And usually because no one else can see that TV, it might not be on a sporting event. It'll be like on a movie channel or like the news or something like that. Um, but recently, and, and, you know, he talks about it on the air all the time. You follow him on social media, you know, his Weeb Nation. Uh, Alex underscore t-shirt, by the way. Yeah, his, his Weeb Nation podcast is really taking off. So oh, like, yeah. he's not, like, focused on the show or on our show, like, making sure all the, the audio sounds good and putting the drops in at the right time. He's creating content for his podcast and, and TikTok and Instagram and Instagram live videos and things like that. Well, not live, but Instagram videos. Yep. And so – he's really focused on that. Like, you know, during commercial breaks, we'll have little conference calls with, with his partner and they'll go over things. And it's, 
it's become like a, a little mini monster that they built over there out of nothing. And so, you know, we joke around. He doesn't like know anything about sports, but he knows a shit ton about anime and whatever else oh, yeah. going on in that. So, you know, I would not be surprised if in like a year or two, you know, Alex is one of those names that people in the anime world like look to. Like he's really knows what he's talking about. I think the best part about Alex and his not liking sports is that Colin Coward calls him all the time to fill in and doesn't go on like the early like FS1 programs too and like run that too. Yeah, or? yeah because he's good at what he does. Like the, the thing that, that people don't realize is that in, in that position, especially because he's his focus is even though we weren't a sports thing, his focus is on audio engineering. So to make sure yeah. everything sounds good, make sure we have the right air clips, make sure we have the right drops and stuff like that. And you don't really got to like sports to be able to know that. You just have to have an ear for what makes sense. And yep. that's what he does. Yeah. And that's, uh, I was going to say that too. That's what I was going to say when uh, you were saying it. But Alex, you know, a lot of the reason he's so, you know, the odd couple so blessed with their drops is because Alex, like he does, he's not focused on that Lakers game above him. He's, he's just trying to, you know, He's doing his Weed Nation stuff, and you know, in the background, you hear Rob say, "I have a glizzy in my mouth." So he's like, "Yeah, oh, save exactly. that, exactly, save that." Oh. And you know, like, there's a lot I, I, of them, like Jason Smith too, like Jason yeah. and Mike, uh, the guys on After uh, Chris and Rob. He, they have a lot of them. They're not like as uh, crazy as Rob. I mean, there's like one that's like Jason saying, "I'm doing it with Brian Fenley and stuff like that." Right. And right. There's Mike saying hobo, but it's not like, but he's so good at picking out things that just sound a little wrong and making them into something <laughs> like yeah. he, the Hey montage of uh, Brian Finley, the Hey, Hey, hey. Like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> and he does, he, there's a bunch of different Hey's in there too. Like when I know on, I don't know if you ever listened to Smith and Harmon or if you ever, you know, still in the studio for that or, mm-hmm. but they, when they'll go to Brian Finley, you'll hear like nine different Hey's <laughs> in it. And, you know, I asked Brian, I'm like, was that tie shirt or was that you? And he's like, mostly tie shirt because they all yeah. sounded different right you know some of them were tie shirt obviously but 90 percent of them were tie shirt and he's so good at mixing up like in making the show like tie shirt yeah he doesn't know a thing about sports but he makes the show just so entertaining yeah and that, that's a skill that a lot of people not a lot well that's a skill that many in sports media don't have because they mm-hmm. get into it because they they love sports they just want to talk about sports and watch sports so they might be so consumed by the sports aspect and the debate aspect that they don't pick up on the cues where it's like, oh, this would be a good time to play this drop or to play everything's not funny here or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because Alex doesn't listen to it from a sport perspective. He listens to it from like an entertainment perspective. Yeah. That, I think that's why it works so well on the odd couple, Rob G. Uh, that, that is Rob Guerra, Rob G at the producer RG on Twitter, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It was, it was, it was fun. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. And good stuff. I love the way that you're resetting. I love the, you know, the introduction, the outro. Like as a producer, let me tell you, like you got it down pat. So good stuff, man. Hey, that's because that's because of you guys over on the network though. You, uh, <laughs> Rob Parker, Chris Broussard, uh, Ben Maller. Oh, Ben's uh, the best. Ben, I love Ben. Jonas. Uh, yeah, all those guys over there. Shout out to them because I don't think, you know, like just behind the scenes stuff, like talking about, like you said, the outros, like to any normal guy that's, okay, whatever, an outro, ha-ha, cool. But for, you know, if you want to be in radio and podcasting, you have to have the good, uh, the, the skills with that stuff. So, Rob, it was super fun, man. Right on, brother. Thanks for having me.